Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Let's get into the word of the Lord today. I am going to read from John chapter 11, one verse of scripture, verse 25, and I'm calling an audible for those football fans who are out there. You know what an audible is at the line of scrimmage. I'm changing the play. I mentioned on my Tuesday night Maranatha Minute that I was going to be teaching on the first couple of I am statements of Jesus, which was, I think it was the bread of life and I am the light of the world, and I'm calling an audible. I'm going to talk about the statement Jesus said when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And the reason I'm doing that is right after Easter. It's the Sunday after Easter, so let's continue talking about the resurrection And also, I realized when I was putting this message together that I am not going to be able, at least I'm not. I know my son-in-law, Michael, is going to be helping me teach some of these. And uh, I am not, at least this time, was not able to get more than just one I am statement to talk about today without trying to cram things in. So we're just going to talk about one I am statement of Jesus, and that is this one where he said, I am the resurrection of the life. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And so today we're going to talk about that statement that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Let's pray together. Jesus, we do love you and we thank you for your blessings and for this great price you paid for our salvation. And I'm asking that you will touch our hearts today, open our ears and our understanding to hear this word of the Lord that you've laid upon my heart. Let your divine and perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Would you clap your hands one more time for Jesus today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we read verse 25 out of a quite lengthy story in chapter 11 of John. I want to go back and just go over the story a little bit with you. Uh, so that we can see exactly what's taking place and what transpires that brings Jesus to the place where he finally says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. I'm not going to put all these scriptures up on the board because I'm going to go through them quickly and I'm going to expound upon them a little bit as we go. Uh, A certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, at the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her tears. So there's three siblings here. There's Mary, Martha, and there's Lazarus, who is the brother. And Mary was the Mary who, who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You're familiar with that story, I'm sure. Um, this is the Mary that did that. And the Bible says that their brother Lazarus was ill and he was sick. And so the sisters, both sisters, decided, let's get Jesus here. How many of you know if you can get Jesus in on the scene, everything will be all right? The smart thing is always to call on Jesus, no matter what you're facing. So they said, we, hey, Lazarus is sick, let's get Jesus. And this is what they said. The sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he who you love is ill. Now I want to stop there and expound upon that just for a second. Notice the attempt to manipulate God. Lord, they didn't say Lazarus is ill. He who you love is ill. If you didn't have a reason before to come, now you do. 
Let me give you a little help here why you need to straighten out my problems. How many times do we do that? How many times do we try to talk God into doing what we need done by throwing little things like that out? It's not just Lazarus. You love this guy. That's why you should come. You should, you should take care of this because we know you love him. But when Jesus heard it, verse 4 says, he said this, this illness does not lead to death. Now, how many of you are familiar with the story of Lazarus? Most of you are. Most of you then know that Lazarus died in this story. He died. And yet here Jesus is saying, this illness does not lead to death. Now, does Jesus not know what he's talking about? Did he miss it? Was he actually wrong? Because we'll read the stories. Go on. Lazarus dies and gets buried. And he did die. And Jesus said here, it does not lead to death. Let me tell you something. It does not matter what the circumstances dictate to you. It does not matter how things appear to you. It does not matter how things look to you. God's word is true. When he said it is not unto death, he knows what he's talking about. And if you read the rest of the story, you'll find out at the end of it, Lazarus is still alive. I don't care what happened in between, but when it's all said and done, Jesus Jesus was right all along. <laughs> Praise God. So you cannot, must not trust in circumstances. You must not trust in your five senses. You must not trust what your eyes see, what your ears hear, what your heart feels. You must not trust that. You must trust the Word of God. This illness does not lead to death. But this is what he said. What it does lead to is the glory of God. That's what he said. This verse 4, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified. Now listen to what verse 5 and 6 says. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved them. And he said, this illness does not lead to death. Jesus loves them. Now listen to verse 6. You ready for this? This is the parts of the Bible we don't like. This is the parts of our relationship with God we struggle with. Verse 6. Jesus loved Martha and Mary, her sister, and Lazarus, so when he heard the news that Lazarus was sick, he dropped everything and went running to his side. Now, no, that's manipulating the Word of God. Because the Word of God says, when he heard that Lazarus was ill... He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. <laughs> hey, Lazarus is sick. Don't worry, he's not going to die. Shouldn't we go take care of him? No, we got, we got time. How many of you know Jesus has time you, have, you know nothing about? Remember that in your life. The next time you're fighting and struggling and battling with something, Jesus has time that you don't know about. 
We're running out of time. It's getting close. It's getting close. Jesus has time you don't know about. Trust him over your own instincts. He stayed in the place where he was two days longer. Why? Because he loved Lazarus. Lord, if you loved me, you'd do this. Come on. If you loved me, you'd fix this problem. If you cared how I felt and what I'm going through, you would do something about this. The very fact that he loved Lazarus is the reason he delayed his coming. He wanted to show Mary and Martha something greater than a healing. He wanted to show them the resurrection of the dead. And maybe your issues where they are right now aren't that big of a deal to him. He's waiting for it to get real bad so he can step up and say, now let me show you the power of God and how it can work in your life. Yeah. Praise God. Now it seems like an odd response that we're in trouble. His two sisters cry out for help and he doesn't come. And John says it's because he loves them. You see, that the death of Lazarus was an opportunity for Jesus to show his divine power and the glory of God so that they could begin to believe God for greater things than they had seen up to this point. And Mary and Martha and even Lazarus himself might have already known about the great power of God. They, have, they, have, they were personal friends of his. They had seen some of the miracles he had worked. They had heard of some of the miracles he had done. And, uh, and that's why one of the reasons why they called on him. And you're smart to always call on the Lord. Always call on the Lord at the first hint of trouble. But do not grow weary when the answer doesn't come in your time frames. All right? Make sure you do not become weary when your answer doesn't come in your time frames. Now, let me ask you this. What would Jesus have gotten more glory out of? Healing Lazarus of a sickness or raising him from the dead? The answer is obvious. He gets more glory out of raising Lazarus from the dead. So this and our lives is really all about making sure God gets glorified and not us. Making sure God gets glorified and God, if you can become greater glorified through greater difficulties, then so be it. Because I know, even Job said this, I know when the skin worms destroy my flesh, go ahead, let the, let the maggots eat me. In my flesh I shall see God when it's all said and done. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know one thing, when it is all said and done, God will be glorified. <laughs> Praise God. And let me ask you this, how many times has God received glory for the deliverances he gave you before you were in the trouble? How many of you know God has delivered you from things you don't know you were in? <laughs> God, has, God has healed you of sicknesses you didn't know you had. He straightened out a path you didn't know was crooked. He prevented situations you didn't know were getting ready to take place. How, how often did God get glorified for that? 
How often do you get down at the end of the day and start listening to all the things God kept from you today? Because you don't even know what they are. How can you do that? What does God get more glory out of? What he prevents or what he delivers you from after it's happened? And what does he get more glory out of? Healing Lazarus or raising him from the dead? I'm not even sure this story would be in the Bible if he showed up in time to heal him. Would this story even be there? Or would it just be another no-name he went and healed somebody? But this story's in there because he raised Lazarus from the dead. And this is a good reminder for us when we pray a, a, a prayer and send out our plea for help. We quickly become discouraged, don't we? we become, even, even sometimes we become jaded when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect him to or want him to or need him to or think we need him to. We become discouraged and jaded and angry and upset. And why didn't God do this? And why is he allowing this? And why that? And why? God, do what you got to do with me so that you can be glorified. What a people we would be if we had that kind of an attitude. And so please, please don't judge God's love for you based on what you can or can't see in the immediate moment. He loved you enough to go to Calvary, and that's enough. When Jesus delays, it's not because he lacks love. And he may delay for a good reason. He may delay for a very good reason. Um, and he may not even choose to tell us what that reason is. We don't know. We'd like to know everything, but we don't know everything. But anything God does, listen carefully to this statement, anything God does in your life is for your good. He will never do something to harm you even if it is to allow you to reap the fruits of your own mistakes. Lord, I made a mistake planting those seeds. Do I, do I have to grow that, those, that, that field? Yeah, we're going to let that grow so you remember never to plant those seeds again. Huh? That's the mercy of God, not the, not the curse of God. That's the blessing of God to sometimes allow our field to grow what we've planted. He's worthy of our trust. Can you say amen? All right, now listen. I'm going to go on here. Verse 17 says this. When Jesus finally gets there, and he will come, it just takes time. Sometimes a long time. <laughs> Sometimes a really long time for God to come. And when he got there, the Bible says, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. If he had come immediately, he might have got there before Lazarus breathed his last, but he waited a couple days. Then it took him a few days because they didn't have trains and planes and all this good stuff. He had to walk. It took him a couple of days. And by the time he got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, I don't know what you know about uh, uh, this time period. Four days, you're really dead. You're, 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 it's beyond hope. The four day, the body starts to noticeably decay in three days. All right, that's why Jesus rose on the third day, not the fourth day, because there was no decay going to come to his body. But it starts, and by the fourth day, it's beyond hope. He was deader. We might say he's deader than dead. Or as uh, Scrooge put it, 
Marley's deader than a doornail. You familiar with that? This is how dead Lazarus was. He was dead. There's no doubt he was dead. He is beyond hope. It's over. If you had come, if it's too late now, it's, it's finished. Uh, nothing is beyond hope with Jesus, my friend. Nothing is beyond hope with Jesus. Do you hear me? Nothing is beyond hope. Job said it himself. The skin worms can destroy my flesh and eat me up. But he said this, you mark my words, in this flesh that the skin worms ate up, I shall see God. That's what's going to happen. My body may rot and decay in the earth, but you mark my words, I will be alive to see God. That's the kind of God we serve. It's never too late for Jesus. So verse 20 says, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary stayed in the house. She didn't even go out to see him. How many of you ever gotten so discouraged you stopped praying about it? How many of you gotten so discouraged you just quit praying altogether? Quit reading your Bible. I've seen people stop coming to church. And let me tell you something about church. Church isn't, we're not here at church for you. I hope you enjoy my sermons. I hope you enjoy the, the other ministers that minister in this pulpit. But this isn't about entertaining us. We are here to magnify the living God. That's what we're here for. That's what church is about. We are here to glorify Him. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care how bad things are. I don't care what's falling apart. This one thing I know, when it is time to worship the Lord, I will be there with my hands raised worshiping the Lord because He is always worthy. No matter what's happening, I trust Him. Though He slay me, I will trust Him. And I will worship Him. And I will praise Him. And I will sing the songs of Zion. And I will pray. And I will worship and magnify Him because He is worthy. But Mary remained seated in the house. Man, could I preach, but I got to hurry. Don't remain seated in your house, my friend. If you can get to church, get to church. We put it online for those who physically can't make it, but don't use that as an excuse not to come out and worship God with the saints of God. Don't be like Mary and sit in the house when Jesus is right over there. Praise God. All right, Mary sat in the house. Let me carry on. I got to move on here. I'm only covering one topic, and I'm, I don't want to turn that into a two-part session. Mary remained seated in the house, but Martha came out. Martha still got a little bit of faith, enough to say, Lord, if you had come when I said to, <laughs> Lazarus wouldn't die. If you just do what I say, you know, I, I know how to handle these things, Lord. You know, I know a few things. Just listen to me. When I pray the prayer, do as I say. <laughs> we, we laugh, but don't we do that very thing? Don't we pray the prayer, expect God to... Oh, wait, somebody, someone's telling me to do something. Hey, I got to be back. I, I'm being ordered. I got to go. I got a prayer meeting down there. They're ordering me to do things. <laughs> you know how it is sometimes? This is what she said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
You see, I knew how to handle this problem. And you didn't listen to me. You didn't do what I said. Because if you had done what I said and came when I said to come, he wouldn't have died. You could have healed him. You see, why do you not listen to me? Oh, I want to preach, but I got to hurry along here. How many times have you gotten frustrated with God because he wasn't doing what you wanted done in the time frame you gave him to do it in? How many times do we, are, we issue the dictates? God, I need you to do this. I need you to take care of that. I need, you to, I need you to fix that woman. He didn't need to fix anything about her. She went away for the weekend. I made a beautiful dinner for myself. I did. I, 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 made, some, I made some balsamic... Uh, um, salmon. I put a beautiful salad together with some blueberries in it and some grapes and some balsamic on top. I, I, was, I, was, so, I was impressed myself. I took a picture of it. I sent, I sent it to her. She was with Shoshana. They were away for the weekend and Shoshana looked at it and she said, he's got a family on the side. Who's he got on the side taking care of him? I said, there ain't no family on the side. Mama will know that when she comes home and sees the, the sink filled with all the dirty dishes. <laughs> and she said, those dishes better be done when I get home. And they were, they were done, but it wasn't when she, it was shortly after she got home, right, right after she did them. <laughs> That's why I say she doesn't need to be fixed. And she never said a word about it. She just came in, did the dishes, smiled, glad to be home. God bless that woman. We got a good first lady here at Maranatha. All right, shall I hurry along or shall I do this, finish this next week? <laughs> Boy, I don't have enough to finish next week. How about I rush through it? Listen, if you'd come when I said to come, if you did what I said to do, everything would have worked out just fine, but you don't listen to me. You didn't do what I said, and now he's dead. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Uh, she, I, he, he, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he'll rise again on the last day when the resurrection takes place. And Jesus said, girl, I am the resurrection. And the life. That's who I am. I'm not just somebody that's been resurrected or is going to be resurrected or that has resurrected. I am he. Don't tell me you've got to wait for a certain time because I can take the future and bring it into the present and I can take the past and redo it. I am God manifested in the flesh. I can do anything. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I don't know what's dead in your life. And I don't know what's dead in your heart. And I don't know what's dead in your family. I don't know what's dead in your world. But I do know who the resurrection and the life is. His name is Jesus. And that's why I love him so. He's my resurrection. Praise God. And I close with this. 
The reason that it is so important that we understand that he doesn't just resurrect or was resurrected, it's important that we understand why, the, why he being the resurrection is so important. And here's why. Outside of Jesus, outside of him, come Jen, outside of Jesus, there is only what's called the second death. See, it's appointed unto men to die. After this, the judgment, and at the judgment, you find out whether you're going to live or you're going to receive the second death. Outside of Jesus, for everyone outside of Jesus, the only option is the second death. It's the only option. And that's why it's so important that we understand that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And that's my problem with all the other religions of the world. There are many great religions as far as a religion goes of teaching you how to live right. But there is only one that can give you eternal life. And people have asked me, well, how, how can you say this religion's wrong? Or how can you say they're wrong? Who are you to say that? And I simply ask one question. In that religion, who died for your sins? Because outside of Christianity, there are none. Good works won't get you into heaven. Good works can't undo all the bad ones. You need a Savior. You need the resurrection, and you need the, and you need the life. And there are some people who say there is no God, they're atheists, and I do not believe atheists actually exist. They don't exist. I'll tell you why they don't exist. It's just logical. For them to say there is no God and no eternity, they themselves must consider themselves God to know all things. So if they themselves are God who knows all things and knows there is no, no uh, eternity, then they believe in God, even though it's them. So they're not an atheist after all. But aside from the atheists, everybody in every religion in every corner of the world believes in some kind of hereafter. Something that happens after this 60 or 70 or 80 or nine, even 100 years here, something's beyond this. And I'm here to tell you today that outside of Jesus, there is no resurrection. He's the only one that laid his life down for your soul, for your sins and then stood forward and said, I am the resurrection. Lord, I need my life resurrected. I'm the resurrection. Lord, I need my brokenness fixed and resurrected from the dead. I'm the resurrection and the life. And I wonder if you need that kind of God because he's in this place today. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. 
We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.